Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Come on, ye God. Let's give Jesus one more shout of praise. Can we do that? Awesome. Ye God. We love you, we love you, we love you. Well, what an exciting time to be alive. Brand new year, um, new season. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, it's uh, God's doing so many good things. Thank you, Tim, for sharing that testimony. Hadn't even heard that yet. Seven salvations out on the streets, out, outreach, people coming into the kingdom meeting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I'll say that again. Seven people on the streets meeting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That is a good reason to give Jesus praise. Come on. <laughs> and, you know, if you're thinking to yourself, didn't we just give God praise for that five minutes ago? <clears throat> I say you can never give God too much praise for the good things that he does because what we give God thanks for in the kingdom increases. And so when I hear that seven salvations happen and I jump to my feet and I give, I'm giving God crazy praise, I'm not just giving him praise for the seven salvations, I'm giving him praise for the seven and the seed of the seven. Because if we have seven today, what can we have next week? And the month after that, and the whole year, it's not just seven that we're giving him praise for. We're giving him praise for the momentum of breakthrough and that he's showing up in our day and our time and our hour right now. Thank you, Jesus. We have lots to give him praise for. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. How many people know that you're responsible for worship. <clears throat> I only have 35 minutes, but I'm already on a rabbit trail, but that's okay. <laughs> Listen, you're responsible for worship. How many people know that worship is something that we give to God, not the other way around? That worship is a ministry unto God, not God's ministry unto us. That we are responsible for worship. That means that you and I, that we each individually get to choose what worship comes like, looks like when we come before the Lord. But when we choose to give him wholehearted worship and then all of those people making that choice, when we come together in a room, A vortex, a breakthrough, a rending happens. We begin to touch heaven, and heaven begins to touch earth. Come on, thank you, Jesus. You know, you know, people, you know, people leave church, and how many times have you heard people leave church and they they give a commentary on worship? Oh, worship was all right today, or worship was great, or worship wasn't that great, whatever. But if we're responsible for worship, then we're really giving a commentary on ourselves. (laughs) 
Well, think it, think it through with me. Oh, worship was just okay today. Well, wait a minute. I'm responsible for how I worship. The worship team's like in it. <laughs> Listen, if we really get it, right, you can be you can be drumming a bucket with a chicken bone. But I'm like, I'm going to give it all to Jesus. You're amazing. I get lost in him. I don't care if you're out of tune. I don't care if you're out of rhythm. I don't care if you're playing my favorite song. I don't care if you're playing songs from the 80s. I don't care. I am worshiping Jesus. Whew. What happens? What happens when we can get a room full of people who come with that intention every time they come together? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's a good time to be alive. But this is a unique season, without doubt. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff, uh, we've come through a lot of stuff in the last year. And I love, I love uh, how, how Renee, what she led us in in closing worship, and then Shane coming up and leading us in communion. I love that. And God God did us so many amazing things in 2020. Amen? But he did a, there was a lot of things that we had to contend with in 2020. A lot of things that we had to adjust, we had to press through, and, and making those adjustments. But how many people know that while the enemy is working, God is also working? And what God does always trumps what the enemy does when we have eyes to see it. Thank you, Jesus. And it's a, it's, it has been a, a unique year, though. And, you know, the, to, not the way any of us anticipated the year coming to a close, but, you know, we lost one of our own. Sandra Kane went home to be with Jesus. And uh, yeah, it's not the way we anticipated, but God is still good. Jesus is still on the throne. Come on, don't let me lose you. Jesus is still on the throne, and the kingdom is still advancing. I tell you, I could feel Sandra just celebrating in worship tonight. I could feel her when we're choosing just to go for it, and not not to stop when it's convenient, but to press on. I could feel her celebrating because that's the heart that she carried as a warrior for Jesus. Amen? And, uh, you know, Sandra was ready to be home with Jesus. <laughs> and uh, she, uh, she was in the hospital and uh, sent me a text message about um, not, not being resurrected. And I was like, that text message surprised me to no end because she headed up our resurrection teams. She was the one, if someone needed to be raised with her, she would gather up people and go to the hospital and pray for people and more, whatever. She was, she was in charge of that. So when you get a text message from, from someone, but the thing is this, and, and, and I had to process. We're all in processing. And listen, we're going to have a memorial celebration, uh, remembrance service for her coming up next weekend. We're working out. It's either going to be Friday evening or Sunday evening. We're working it out with Antioch. Um, so we will definitely let you know. Uh, so we're going to have that service, so this, I'm not going to make this whole service about that, but, uh, but I, just to let you know that 
that I had to process, like many of us did. But to get that text, and then just to realize, like, <clears throat> Sandra loved what she had going on here, but she was in love with Jesus more. And in addition to the, that text message she sent me, she also said, I have a, a do not resuscitate order in place. Medically speaking, telling the doctors and nurses, hey, if I pass on, don't resuscitate me. And I'm texting her back, like, are you sure? Like, what? what? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. This is a decision I made a long time ago. Why? Because she had a living relationship with Jesus. Listen, she was a widow. All of her children were grown, and she loved. She's touched so many of our hearts. She loved sowing into people. But listen, she loved Jesus more. He, he was the love of her life. And she is like, it's my time. I get to go be with Jesus. And, but listen, isn't that the great hope that we all walk in? I need a bigger amen than that. That's the great hope that we all walk in. That's the privilege that we get to have as believers. Knowing that the end isn't the end, it's the beginning of eternity. It's the beginning of the fullness of being with God, with Jesus, and all of his beauty. And so we get to celebrate. And you know, this is a, a new season in so many ways, and and obviously, as she went into the hospital, and I was, I was, uh, Sandra came from Reading with us, and she was a deacon uh, at, back in Reading, at Bethel Reading, and involved in so many ministries, the healing rooms, and, and dream coaching, and, and on and on. And so everyone there knows her, this little fireball of faith and, and love. And so I'm, I'm emailing them, the leaders back in Reading, you know, just updates and so they can be praying, and um, again, I, we're going to have a service just to honor her and celebrate her life and her legacy, but, um, you know, as that process went on, and it, it was a surprise, because she got better. She went on a ventilator and was supposed to be on for up to two weeks, and two days later, she came off the ventilator. It was like, Jesus, the breakthrough. But then she went on again, and, <clears throat> and finally we got the report that she'd passed on, but uh, Pastor Bill, you know, in this exchange, he sent a message. He said, what a beautiful season that your community is moving into. Because it's only in this lifetime that we have the ability to worship Jesus in the midst of disappointment. It's only in this lifetime. When we pass on, there will be no more disappointment. We will never again have the opportunity to lift up praise and worship and honor to Jesus in the midst of disappointment. <clears throat> but I know what Jesus wants. And I listen, I also know what Sandra wants. She wants us to give him praise like never before. Come on, thank you, Jesus. You know, I, um, one of my most impactful messages ever preached uh, by Bill Johnson was called Enduring Faith. And it was the message that he preached. His, his father, it was during um, my first year school of ministry, 
in, in Reading, 2003-2004 year, uh, Bill's father died of cancer. In the midst of this commu- community that is going after a cancer-free zone, in the midst of this community that has seen increasing numbers of breakthrough in this very thing, People flying from all over the world, and God's touching people, and people are getting healed, and, and Bill's own father succumbs to cancer and dies. And this message called Enduring Faith was the message that he preached the Sunday before his father's passing and the Sunday after. Bookend together. It's powerful. I actually would encourage you, you can download it from the Bethel bookstore. It's called Enduring Faith. I believe it would have been 2004. It's, it's a powerful message. But how many people know that our faith is living and active? And that our, our faith is, yes, it's a gift from God, but it's also something that we have the privilege to walk out day in and day out. Come on, thank you, Jesus. And how many people know that God is growing something beautiful? But somebody say growing. God is growing up his bride. God is making something beautiful. God is is breathing life into something. But he is growing something powerful and beautiful. Meaning that we are not fully arrived yet. I don't know if that's a revelation to anyone in the room. We are not fully arrived yet. But we are in process. And we are on the way. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And guess what? There's more to come. That's why what we give thanks for in the kingdom matters. And how we give thanks matters. Come on, thank you, Jesus. How many people have ever heard of John Wimber? Many would can consider him the grandfather of this, this modern uh, uh, healing movement that we're experiencing and lives being changed in the, the uh, Anaheim Vineyard and, and all that God did in that season in the 80s. How many people are familiar with John Wimmer, the uh, you know, power of evangelism, that whole healing movement? <clears throat> it's just famous around the world for what God was doing through that church, and especially in the ministry of healing. Do you know that, that Wimber actually studied out the amount of healing that they experienced, and, and the best he could determine is that they had 22% breakthrough in healing. Now here's the question for you. Is that a big number or a little number? <laughs> it's a great question. Now listen, this ministry that was world famous, and people came from everywhere, and massive revivals, and churches planted everywhere, and, and majorly impacted Bill Johnson, who went back, Bill's, Bill says, I was teaching, he went down to a conference that Wimber was doing, and he got there, and he's in this meet, meetings going, I preached the same message last week, but nothing happened. Wimber preaches it, and miracles break out everywhere. But it stirred Bill, and he caught something. He caught a measure of grace. Someone say grace. 
that he went home that very week and started to preach again, but this time, miracles break out. Wimber impacted untold thousands. And that, but listen, that ministry that annoyed you, 22% breakthrough. Some of us go, oh, wow, I, thought, I would have thought it would be more than that. The question is, is that a little number or a big number? Because it means that for every 100 people who came in the room needing healing, 22, per, 22 of them left healed. Now here's the thing. What we give thanks for increases. So if that's a big number to you, if that's, if that's a the glass is half full number, if that's a victory number for you, you just set yourself up for increase. If that is a small number to you of like, whoa, I thought, I thought more was happening. Oh, this actually isn't as big as I thought it is. Oh, now disappointment starts to creep in. Like, oh, this, God isn't doing as much as I thought. We don't have as much figured out. And disappointment sets in. Now you stop praying for as many people as you were even a month ago. Now guess what? Your 22% goes down. And in a year, you could have 0%. But by God's plan, he always takes us from glory to glory. The Bible says not to despise the day of small beginnings. Now, I can tell you, I, had, I can remember myself personally newly, newly saved. Newly saved, fresh in the Lord, fresh Holy Spirit encounter, just wrecked by God. And I can remember sitting on my bed reading this book called Catherine Kuhlman, I Believe in Miracles. <laughs> and I remember, I remember crying, reading this book, going, oh my goodness, does this, is this stuff real? Did this stuff really happen? And then the next question, could it happen? Does this stuff happen today? Could it happen today? And then the final question, could this stuff happen through me? Now listen, if you've never seen a miracle before in your life, listen, especially one happening through you, the thought of a hundred sick people coming in, a hundred people who, who really need a miracle and 21 prayer, one evening and 22 of them get better? So listen, is that 22%? Are you sitting on a pile of dynamite or disappointment? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Because what we do with that matters. <laughs> how we respond in worship today, how we respond in worship even in the midst of disappointment determines our breakthrough of tomorrow. Thank you, Father. I remember reading the book like, oh, is this stuff, could this ever happen? Of just trying to imagine one miracle ever happening through my hands, through my life, through my prayer. It's just trying to imagine it. 
But yet, he's saying 22 out of every 100 people who walk in the door get a miracle. But here's the good news. You get to go again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. So listen, 22 out of the 100, but there's there, there, no one's saying that the ones who didn't get healed can't come back again or just get in line again or have someone else pray for them again. Well, it's 22. What happens if you pray twice? <laughs> what happens if you press in, you get a measure breakthrough? What happens if you just don't stop? Whoa. There's the ticket right there. And that's why thousands would come. And thousands more would come. Because 22 out of 100 who walk in the building, 22 people now are walking out going, I don't have cancer anymore. I don't need my walker anymore. I don't need these hearing aids anymore. I don't need this pacemaker anymore. I don't need these pills anymore. Jesus healed me. Jesus is the king. Jesus is alive. And now pe more people come flooding. <laughs> Thank you, Father. And more people get healed and more people get touched. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Wimber impacted Bill and Bill impacted Bethel and Bethel has impacted all of us. And in, and in, in the healing rooms, you know, we would, the, the best we could figure it, about 45% about, uh, of the people who walk through the door at any moment would get some measure of breakthrough. Some measure of breakthrough. Guess what? That's increase. <clears throat> Some of them weren't always 100%. Some of them 50%. But listen, I, last week I told the story of uh, the healing rooms, and we love it when we touch them. Bam, they hit the ground. They get up well. But I told the story of a young man who had been in the military, special forces, and he was still young. I think he was like 28. He got, he got MS. Multiple sclerosis, and he came in for prayer, and we prayed for him the first week, and nothing happened instantly, immediately, that we saw in the natural. There was no crazy physical breakthrough that was apparent, but he did something powerful. He came back again the next week, and then we prayed again, and nothing apparent happened, but he came back the next week. He came back 27 Saturdays in a row. He came to the healing room to got prayer until he was 100% healed, doctor confirmed, of multiple sclerosis. Now let me ask you, out of the touch and bam, they get up healed, or the 27 Saturdays, which one is a miracle? Both. <laughs> which one is God? Both. Which one is faith? Both. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is on the throne. Can I get an amen to that? <clears throat> How many people know that you are in the army of God? Can you open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10? That you are in the army of God. How many people <clears throat> willingly signed up to be in the army of God? <laughs> Fourteen of us. <clears throat> How many people know that you are in the army of God? Listen, if you're in the army, that means because you're in a war. Yeah. 
Uh-oh. Listen, if you're in the army, that means you're in the war, and that means you have an enemy. Good news is the enemy has been defeated. <laughs> but the land is in process of being conquered. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, we are in the army of the Lord. And he is... He has drafted us, he's equipped us, he, he, he's empowered us, and he sent us. But guess where he sent us? He sent us behind enemy lines. That when, that in the garden when Adam, Adam and Eve sinned, and the, the, the fall happened of mankind, guess what authority of the world was handed to the devil? It became his possession. But then Jesus came. Thank you, Lord. Jesus came and Jesus lived a sinless, perfect life. And he died on the cross on our behalf, took our sin on himself, died so we could be set free. And in, in Ephesians 4, it says, he was ascended first, descended. Down to the depths, and he ascended, taking captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Listen, Jesus went down, defeated the devil, took the keys of authority, and he came up, and then he did something profound. He gave us the keys. Now listen, he gave us the keys. And then he went, he ascended and sat next to the Father. Here, let me, let me read Hebrews. Hebrews 10, the, the context is Paul painting the picture of animal sacrifice that is not sufficient for the forgiveness of sin, but Jesus is. And he's, he's comparing the old model, which they would sacrifice again and again to appease punishment for sin, but it never fully dealt with sin, right? But Jesus came, and he died once and for all. And Hebrews 10, verse 11, still comparing the old, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. But this man, speaking of Jesus, <laughs> but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting until his enemies are made his footstool. Now I could keep going. I want to keep going. Uh, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to fill in some blanks. That Jesus died once for all, one time. And he defeated sin and death and the grave. And then he ascends and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And then it says he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. Guess what he's waiting on? The army of God. I'm thinking this is a good word. Listen, he went and he took the keys and he gave us the keys and he said, all right, go do the stuff. 
And when he gave us the keys, he restored the original commission. Be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the land. He, he restored the commission given to Moses where the, the soles of your feet tread. I give you the land. And he, re, and he renewed that commission to Joshua into the promised land where the soles of your feet tread. I give you the land. When he gave back the keys, he restored the commission where the soles of your feet. But guess what? We still have to tread. We still have to put our foot on the neck of the enemy and say, this is our land, and plant a flag. And we need to go further and say, now, this is our land, too, and plant a flag. And go further and say, this is a cancer-free zone, and plant a flag. And go further and say, everybody who comes in with infirmity gets healed, plant a flag. And go further, this is a divorce-free zone, and plant a flag. Come on, no arthritis can stand here and plant a flag. And on and on. The coronavirus cannot come any further and plant a flag. But listen, we need to do the treading. <laughs> now listen, here's the thing about being Jesus. Look, the, the, the land was, ownership was given to the devil. Jesus came and took the keys, the keys. He didn't take the land, he took the keys. And he gave us the keys. And he said, now you take the land. Now here's the thing about, this is like, this is like the U.S. military. The strongest, you know, military force on the planet. Taking a group of us and putting us, airdropping us behind enemy lines. Now we're, out, we're behind enemy lines. And we're still, we're part of the, the strongest military on the planet. But we're behind enemy lines. Here's what here's what happens. Here's what it astounds me about Christians. We're behind enemy lines, and people start shooting at us, and they go, "God, what are you doing to me?" As though it's God, and they go, "They go, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forgot about me? Why are you letting them shoot at me?" Guess what? It's not God's problem. You forgot your assignment. God entrusted you with an assignment to go forth and take the land. Huh. Whoa. Do you know that we are living, that there are, that there are uh, significant epochs in time, the garden, before sin. The fall and the season of the law. And then the season of Christ. But guess what? There's still an epoch to come. When Jesus returns and the new Jerusalem and we get to live in perfection with God. But guess what? Christianity is the season of living between the cross but the fulfillment of the promise. You have an assignment to draw the two near. Oh. The, the military drops you in enemy territory and says, go and take the land. You now have an assignment. 
and you're, you are backed up by the greatest, the greatest force, you're backed up by the greatest resource, but when people start shooting at you, you can't, you can't blame home. And what happens is people start blaming God for the actions of the enemy. And they thought, they, they forget the assignment. They thought Christianity was a, a, an invitation and a vacation at the Ritz-Carlton. And where's my, comfy, my comforter and my chocolates on my pillow? And where are the angels serenading me? And I want my pedicure. They're like, what? What's, what's happening? Somebody's shooting at me. Something must be wrong. This isn't comfy. This isn't cush. This isn't what I signed up for. Wait a minute. You're right. It's not what you signed up for. You didn't sign up for the risk call. Then you signed up to be a part of the army of God. Who is going to step on the neck of the enemy? Who's going to tread on his head? Who is going to take new ground? Huh. New ground that has to be fought for. New ground that has to be apprehended and occupy. Thank you, Jesus. Can I remind you that you are part of the army of God? You know why? Jesus he takes the keys. From the devil, he, he descends, he takes the keys, kicks the devil around like Ben likes to say, kick the devil in the face. Took the keys Stops back at earth, gives us the keys, and then says, I'll see you, and he ascends. Sits down at the right hand of the Father. He gives, he gives us the keys, and then it says, clearly right here, and he waits for his enemies to be made a footstool. He's waiting on us. But listen, he is God. He's on uh, He's omnipotent, he's, he's, he's omnipresent, he is, he is all-powerful, he can do everything. He created uh, the universe with his words. Like he, he can, with a, a flick of his finger, he could undo it all, do away with the devil. But God, why is God waiting He's waiting because he's giving us the opportunity to learn what it means to rule and reign. This has got to get in there. God is not waiting to tease us. He's waiting to grow us. We started with he's growing the bride. He's growing something powerful. Can I get an amen? He's teaching us to rule and reign. I have you know, every, every parent in the place, you have children, we have children. As our children grow up, I could give them everything without asking anything in return from them, but that would be a disservice. Because they wouldn't grow. Listen, I, when, my, when my children turn 16, if I had the money, I could, I could buy them a car and not require anything of them, but I'm not going to do that. Because the responsibility is part of the apprehending, is part of the occupying. 
If it's just given and there's no process of growth, there's no process of, of, of restraint, of growing your spiritual muscles, your faith, then once you get there, your roots wither. You take possession, but you don't occupy. How many people know God doesn't think in the short term? God is giving us an opportunity to grow our spiritual muscles, to grow our authority. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. If you, we are, Christianity is standing between the cross and the promise. It's drawing them together. Has Jesus fully paid the price? Yes. Are we learning, are we in the process of learning how to apprehend what he already paid for? Yes. If I put a, a billion dollars in your account tomorrow, someone would say, thank you. Someone would say, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, all kinds of things. But it, tomorrow, the billion dollars hits your account, but you walk out in your garage and you still have the same car. Anybody alive? You walk in your closet, you still have the same clothes. You're like, what's happening? I have a billion dollars. Why are my clothes the same? Just because the money was deposited in your account, you still have to research what car you want. You still have to do the work. You still have to go to the dealership. You still have to make the exchange. You still have to make the payment. You still have to occupy, possess, drive it home, learn the nuances, figure it out. You're like, wow, driving this Ferrari isn't like driving my Honda. I got to figure this thing out. You got to occupy. You know, you, you check the value of your account, your account balance, by checking your account, not by checking your circumstances. I'm chopping like 15 last points just because of time. Listen, you check your account balance by checking your account, not by checking your circumstances. But Christians are in the habit of, of determining what they think their account balance is by their circumstance. And they go in their closet and they go, yep, still the same clothes. I know I didn't have a billion dollars. They open the garage, yep, still the same car. I knew I didn't have a billion dollars. You can't determine your account balance by your circumstance. Determine your account balance by checking your account balance. And the more you check your account balance, the more sure you are that it's actually real. How many people know that tomorrow if you went online, you checked your account balance and said a billion dollars, you might not believe it. You'd be like, something's wrong, check it again. You'd be calling the bank for confirmation. Why? Because it's so out of our realm of ability to comprehend that we might not believe it. And a billion dollars in there, and you're like, I'm not sure if I should spend it. 
Somebody's going to come looking for it because it can't be mine. Now listen, I didn't do anything to deserve it. So it's probably not actually mine. I probably shouldn't spend it. (laughs) Which is why God is giving us opportunity to learn how to rule and reign. How we worship in the midst of disappointment will determine our breakthrough for tomorrow. How we see the 22% will determine if we go up from there or down from there. What we give thanks for in the kingdom matters. Jesus is on the throne, but we're also in a battle. Jesus is on the throne. Can I get an amen? Jesus is on the throne, but we're also in a war. Jesus is on the throne, and he is the king, and he has commissioned us, he has anointed us, he's appointed us, he has sent us, but still, there's going to be times when people start shooting at us. Why? Because there's an enemy, which is why we're in a battle, which is why we're in a war. Here's the good news. We know we win. The enemy just hasn't decided yet that he likes the outcome. Whoa. I just want to remind us that we're signed up to be part of the army of God. Thank you, Jesus. And sometimes when people are shooting at you, it doesn't mean you're losing. It means you're winning. That was a good word. <laughs> it means you stepped into your assignment. It means you're occupying the land. Can I have team come up? Here's what I want to do. I want to pray. I want to pray a renewing. I want to pray a recommitment prayer. I want to pray a recommitment to the army of God, to the army of God, to the army of God, not just the cushy Ritz-Carlton, everything's, everything's supposed to be plush and fluffy and being in the kingdom means, uh, you know, chocolates on my pillow and pedicures, and if that doesn't happen, then I'm disappointed, and then I start thinking that God doesn't like me. I started thinking like, oh, this isn't really, this Christianity thing doesn't really work because my pillow is not as comfy as I was told it was going to be because we forgot the assignment. But if you want to be re-enlisted, recommitted to your enlistment, I just want you to stand to your feet. And listen... If that's not you, that's fine. Jesus did it with 12. And he's a good example. Thank you, Jesus. But what can you do with a room full of people who are committed? Is anyone still alive? What can you do? 
with a room full of people who are committed to put their foot on the neck of the enemy. Again and again and again and again to occupy land and to put a flag down and to occupy more land and put a flag down. And when we reach, uh, when we reach something that we, we can't break through yet, we keep pressing. We keep exercising. We keep getting stronger until we come back. When that thing cracks and we put another flag in. Thank you, Jesus. I think it's what God has called us to. Thank you, Father. Put your hand on your heart. But this is a dangerous prayer. So don't put your hand on your heart if you don't mean it. But I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to say, thank you, Jesus, for reminding me of my assignment, of my call, and my destiny as part of the army of God. I choose to re-enlist and to recommit from this night forward. I'm going to take land. I'm going to put my foot on the neck of the enemy. And then I'm going to do it again. And then I'm going to do it again. And if people start shooting, I'm not going to blame you. I'm going to keep going until we've occupied. Until the kingdom comes in its fullness. Because I'm part of the army of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is we're going to end with a song. You're released if you need to go. You're ready to go. If you got kids, get your kids. We're going to end with a song. Because of this, because of this, it's only this lifetime that we have the opportunity to worship Jesus in the midst of disappointment. And how we worship today will determine our breakthrough of tomorrow. And listen, if you need to go, go. If you need to get your kids, please pick up your kids. We're just going to do one song. But can we make it a statement? And again, if you need to go, I bless you. But we're going to worship one song. But can we make it a statement? Can we make it a declaration? Can we make it a prophetic decree as we worship Jesus? Can I hear somebody say yes? Come on. Let's lift up our voices in praise. One time, one song. But let's let it be a prophetic decree over our community and over our year and over our lives and over our households. And we bless you for an incredible new year in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.